Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, so it appears that the uh, the state Supreme Court in Colorado has delivered an in-kind contribution to Donald Trump today. Uh, well, they did it last night. I don't know. Do they have to declare this as part of campaign finance reports or something? I would imagine so. The Colorado Supreme Court yesterday declared former President Donald Trump ineligible for the White House under the U.S. Constitution's insurrection clause, and it removed him from the state's presidential primary ballot, setting up a likely showdown in the nation's highest court to decide whether the frontrunner for the GOP nomination can remain in the race. This is the Associated Press report. Uh, They say the decision from a court whose justices were all appointed by Democratic governors marks the first time in history that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has been used to disqualify a presidential candidate. Quote, a majority of the court holds that Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Colorado's highest court overturned a ruling from a lower court, a district court judge, who found that Donald Trump incited an insurrection for his role in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. But that lower court judge said that he could not be barred from the ballot because it wasn't clear that the provision in the U.S. Constitution was intended to cover the presidency. And so the Colorado Supreme Court said, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And honestly, I kind of agree. Like, if you're going to say that Trump was guilty of insurrection, then I'm not sure, like, why would the insurrection clause not apply to the president? Um, but I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that this was a good faith ruling. This to me, this is like when when people ask, like, for examples of um, activist courts. Boom. This is it. This is what an activist court looks like. Not what democracy looks like. I know that a lot of the uh, lefties will uh, take to the streets and chant about uh, showing you what democracy looks like and all of that, which is basically just mob rule. But here you have an actual example of democracy, right, where people are going to get to vote for their leader. And you've got uh, four judges with wardrobe changes in Colorado that say, yeah, you know what, you can't. We don't want you to vote for that guy. So we're just we're going to say he's not allowed on the ballot. And their legal reasoning for this decision is suspect at best. Full disclosure, I'm not a lawyer, but some people believe I am. I had a district attorney in Buncombe County ask me if I was a lawyer. I said, well, I guess I am now. I, I mean, look, if that guy, what was he in Kenya or something that the Kenyan guy who like won like hundreds of cases in front of the Kenyan Supreme Court? And then turned out he wasn't even a lawyer. Like, if he can do it and pass himself off as a lawyer, why can't we all? Why can't we all? So the court stayed its decision 
which means it's just going to like it's just like in a holding pattern um, until January 4th or until the U.S. Supreme Court rules on the case. Colorado officials say the issue must be settled by January 5th because that's the deadline for Colorado to print its presidential primary ballots. Okay, so that's the timeline. So why did I call it an in-kind contribution to the Donald Trump campaign? Well, if all of the uh, other indictments are an indication, it's going to lead to a bump in the polls for Donald Trump. People will, there's this rally around the victim kind of uh, effect that takes hold. So I suspect we'll see something like that. I am not, uh, I, I am kind of, concerned about some of the the polling that uh, is being touted uh, to show that Trump is beating Biden. I'm a little concerned because a lot of the support for Trump in those polls is coming from people who did not vote in 2020, but now I guess are supposedly going to show up and vote for him this time, even though they did not last time. So that's kind of a concern uh, that I have on looking at the polls, but uh, that's obviously part of the equation here. Now, Ari Fleischer, the former um, press secretary for George W. Bush, he says if Biden were smart, okay, I'll just stop. I'll just stop right there. Now, he says if Biden were smart, he would denounce the Colorado Supreme Court ruling. He would call it wrong, and he would show confidence that he could win without throwing Trump off the ballot. Like from a political perspective, like a strategy perspective, I think Fleischer might be onto something that would be a good thing to do, right? You come out and say, I don't need this, I don't need this assist. I'm going to beat him anyway. It doesn't matter, right? That would be a, a sign of strength. But Fleischer predicts that Biden will not do that because he's too afraid of the progressive left and he's too weak to stand up to them inside of his own party. And I agree with that as well. David Arsani. Uh, over at the uh, Federalist.com, he pointed out how uh, nothing says democracy quite like throwing people off ballots for crimes they haven't been convicted of. And that is exactly the problem I have with this uh, with this ruling, is that Donald Trump, whether you believe he uh, incited the insurrection um, or not, it, 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 it's largely irrelevant. He has never been convicted of that. He wasn't even impeached, uh, convicted on the impeachment over that. The Senate did not convict him. He was never thrown out of office. There's never, like, just because, you know, an impeachment is a political process. Remember, we were told that all throughout the impeachments. This isn't a court of law. This is a political body. These are political charges and all of that. It's different standards. But even, even under those political standards, he still wasn't removed. So... I'm unclear as to why a court gets to con- why the a Supreme Court looking at some uh, arguments on essentially on paper why they get to just turn around and then say okay yeah we know he did it even though he's never been convicted of such a thing how does that work and what's what's kind of frightening about all of this is that there's a political party you know with more voters in it than any other party um, and they seem to be totally fine with just making up this stuff because it's going to keep the orange man off of the ballot in a state, by the way, that Democrats carried last time. There's no there's no risk of Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in Colorado and gobbling up the uh, uh, the electoral votes there. Biden's going to carry Colorado more than likely. Right. So. 
why knock them off the ballot in the primary, in the Republican primary? Why why do it that way? Couple reasons. This is this is lawfare. And we've seen this in North Carolina where you file the lawsuits and uh, whether you win or lose, you still win. Like whether you win or lose this case. Okay, so first off, you're going after precedent, right? You want a precedential ruling, which is what they got yesterday from Colorado, because there were a bunch of other states that are also doing this. We saw something similar against Madison Cawthorn, remember, um, in Western North Carolina a couple years ago. Uh, they tried because he was at the Stop the Steal rally. He spoke at the rally. And so they, they tried to get him disqualified uh, from the ballot as well. So the the left has been filing all of these lawsuits using this uh, uh, insurrection clause of the U.S. Constitution to try to knock people off the ballot, get them kicked out of office and such, and uh, which is a classic tactic, right? Look, I'm old, and by the way, like, I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump tried to get Ron DeSantis kicked off the Florida ballot, okay? So I I would just like to point this out that, you know, I don't want to say it's karma, but this is, uh, it's not a tactic that is solely reserved for the left, okay? Um, precedent is what they want. They want a ruling. So this way, other courts can cite the Colorado court as precedential, um, but also goes directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. And when it goes to the Supreme Court, the prediction I'm seeing from a lot of legal scholars and such, they're saying the Supreme Court should and very likely will just gut this ruling and just overturn it. How is that a win then for Colorado? Well, it's a win if you are the Democrats and you are trying to undermine the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. And that has been a project of theirs ever since they lost the majority. When they could no longer legislate from the bench, they went about undermining the legitimacy of the court. You see it with the news articles about Clarence Thomas, right? This focus on uh, his friends and, and and money and trips and stuff, right? It's just constant barrage against him. You saw it with Gorsuch. You saw it with Amy Coney Barrett's uh, nomination. You saw it, obviously, with Brett Kavanaugh. Just this constant drumbeat to delegitimize the court. So this way, you can ignore their rulings. Right? That's the point. The The bench is no longer... Uh, valuable to them because they don't control it. So delegitimize the court. Maybe they give you a couple extra rulings your way. So this way, uh, you know, it makes them uh, seem less uh, uh, illegitimate. And and maybe you'll withhold some of your fire if they just rule the way you want them to. But also it will allow them to pack the court when they get control. And that could happen very quickly, very quickly, like 2024. That could happen next year. Right. I think that's where we are. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Trump's 
legal spokeswoman, Alina Haba, which I thought wasn't isn't she her isn't she his lawyer? Why would the AP call her a legal spokeswoman? I thought she's his lawyer. Anyway, um, she said, quote, this ruling issued by the Colorado Supreme Court attacks the very heart of this nation's democracy. It will not stand. And we trust that the Supreme Court will reverse this unconstitutional order. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. Trump lost Colorado by 13 points in 2020. He does not need the state to win in the general election in 2024. But the danger here is that more courts and election officials are now going to follow Colorado's lead and exclude him from other states that are more important, that are must-win states for him. Dozens of lawsuits have already been filed nationally to try to disqualify Donald Trump under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Do you want to know what Section 3 says? I'll read it to you. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's not like many things. It's written in a way that <laughs> makes it kind of unclear sometimes. But here is what it says. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged... So, in other words, if you were in any elected office and you swore an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, but then shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. So Congress could, if you get two-thirds, they could go in there, um, both Senate and, um, and the House, you could, you could remove this disability. So they, they could do that, which they won't. Which, of course, if it gets to that point, like this is, this is going to be a very dangerous uh, path to pursue if you're going because Democrats what ostensibly would say no we're not going to remove the disability whether they hold the majority or not it's probably going to be a close you know divide who who holds the majority that is this is this is this is not good also I am kind of curious though in reading this given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof so giving aid and comfort to America's enemies. So that could that could get you disqualified from holding office, providing aid or comfort. And it doesn't require a court of law or a jury trial to do a findings of fact and convict you and you know after you've been afforded the opportunity to uh present a defense, which did not happen by the way in this Colorado case. So now all we need all we need are a couple of judges to determine whether your speech or actions are giving aid or comfort to the enemies of America. Guys, um, I think I have an idea here. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. All of the people running around with the kafias and all of that stuff, 
chanting River to the Sea stuff? Um, thinking there might be an opportunity here. We just need some judges. Going over the uh, this ruling from the Colorado Supreme Court, I just saw this from Ed Morrissey, uh, the founder of HotAir.com. Great website. I highly recommend it. Um, have, I've been reading it since they founded it, and uh, it's, just, it's a fantastic uh, source for analysis, but also aggregation of uh, stories that are moving. Um, Ed Morrissey, uh, uh, yeah, he offered this synopsis. Um, a state court has found Donald Trump guilty of a federal crime with which he's never even been charged based on informal allegations of unlawful conduct that took place 2,000 miles from the court's jurisdiction. This is patently absurd. Um, He predicts a temporary restraining order by tomorrow, or I guess that would be today because he made this prediction 16 hours ago. Um, So he's he's saying a a TRO by today um, and a ruling by the end of next week. He says all this does is force the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, to remind state courts of their jurisdictional limits and the necessity of actual prosecution on federal charges of insurrection before the disqualifier applies. They don't need to go any further than that. This is why, and I think I think Ed is, uh, I, I defer to him, again, not a lawyer, um, he is, I believe. Um, but I've also been reading some other lawyers' response to this, and they seem they tend to agree that this is going to be just filleted by the U.S. Supreme Court, which then, of course, raises the question of why. Well, you've got these left-wing dark money groups that are pushing these types of lawsuits. There's a lot of grifters that have attached to these movements, right? And it's done to uh, to agitate the left-wing base, but also a lot of never-Trumpers, right? It's designed to agitate them and the grifters that cater to them as well. So there is a, there are, there's a whole lot of upside. I, I always talk about this. What are the incentives when you're watching uh, politicians or, in this case, lawsuits get filed? Uh, like, what is the incentive structure surrounding the issue? Who benefits? How do they benefit, right? And... Um, there is a belief, there is a theory, a conspiracy theory, let's call it, because it probably is. But I, I don't know if it necessarily has to be a conspiracy, except that everybody kind of knows that, like, it's very helpful for Donald Trump's polling to issue indictments, take them to court, right, get the mug shots and all of that. But it's also helpful to those uh, those district attorneys, right, those prosecutors. It's helpful to them. They like to do it. They get celebrated for doing it. Right? They, they they make a name for themselves. Did anybody know who Fannie Willis was in uh, Atlanta? No. Jack Smith? No, people didn't know who these folks were. We do now. So there's an incentive for them to pursue these things. Of course, you, you kind of have to abandon things like legal theory and ethics, but there are there's an upside for them, right? There's also an upside for Trump, at least at least initially. At least initially. Um, and if the theory is true that there are uh, these indictments and now this ruling, that these are things that are being promoted in order to boost Trump's uh, popularity in the primary because that's who Democrats want to run against. 
that's who they want to be the the candidate that comes out of the GOP primary because they feel most confident that he will what inspire more people to turn out and vote against him that he's he's a great turnout machine for Democrats and if you're not if you're not too confident in your guy's ability to get across the finish line you might need an opponent that makes people turn out to vote against him I don't know if this is true, by the way. This is just the theory that I have seen floating around um, to explain why some of these DAs uh, ha- are doing what they are doing, and now this court is doing what it's doing. Because this, like, th- this was a four-to-three decision out of Colorado. There were three Democrats said no to this. There are dozens of lawsuits filed all over the country trying to disqualify Trump under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was originally designed to keep former Confederates from returning to government after the Civil War. It bars from office anyone who swore an oath to support the Constitution and then, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against it. And it's only been used a handful of times uh, since, like, the decade after the Civil War. Um, Derek Muller, Notre Dame law professor. He says, quote, I think it may embolden other state courts or secretaries of state uh, to act now that the bandage has been ripped off. This is a major threat to Trump's candidacy. That's a Notre Dame law professor. Quoted by the Associated Press. I don't think it is. I don't think this is a major threat to his presidency or candidacy, rather. I, I don't. Maybe I still, uh, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I, I harbor some last little bit of optimism that the U.S. Supreme Court will send this thing back down, will overturn this as the absurdity it is. But maybe not. The provision of the Constitution also says offices covered include senator, representative, electors, so the Electoral College, right, um, and all others under the United States, but it doesn't specifically name the presidency. And so that's what Trump's lawyers argued was that um, you're not, is that the presidency is not covered by the explicit language. The state's uh, Supreme Court in Colorado, uh, they did not agree. They sided with the attorneys for six Colorado Republican and unaffiliated voters. They were the plaintiffs in this case who argued that it was nonsensical to imagine that the framers of the amendment fearful of former Confederates returning to power would bar them from low-level offices, but not the highest one in the land. And that, that, that honestly, that does make sense. Like, it, I don't, I can't imagine why, in my reading of the 14th Amendment, it seems pretty clear that they're talking about all, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States. I think that, I think the president would fit under that one. No. Um, and it says uh, if you, uh, you you cannot hold any military office, any office, civil or military. Well, if the president's commander in chief, then like it seems like that would be covered. Right. I, so I'm not buying this argument. I don't know why they made that argument. Maybe they thought that was the strongest one. I mean, the, to me, the biggest argument here is jurisdictional. And there's been no uh, there's been no charge, no conviction. Like, what are you even talking about? The left-leaning group that brought the Colorado case is Crew, 
Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. <laughs> well, that's, that's their name. I, yeah. So they, they brought this case in Colorado. There are others, as I mentioned, Minnesota, Michigan, Oregon. Some of those cases have been brought by another leftist group called Free Speech for People, financed by liberal donors who also support Joe Biden. This is why I think Ari Fleischer's recommendation that Biden should come out and say, Supreme Court needs to, re- to reject this. this. This is a garbage ruling. I'm going to beat Trump fair and square in, in the election. And then I think he gets uh, he gets a bit of a halo effect out of that. The problem is, as Ari Fleischer said, he, he can't cross his progressive base. Got a message here from Gary who says the case against Trump in Colorado was for not taking action on January 6th. How does inaction become a crime? Uh, well, so that is that was one element of it. But they also and I'll go into greater detail on this in the next hour. But they uh, they they string together uh, a whole bunch of comments from Donald Trump before January 6th in order to basically say he does not enjoy freedom of speech. It was a very bizarre argument to make. Uh, all right, let's go over to the phones here and let's uh, get James on. Hey, James, welcome to the program. Hey, hey thank, thank you for taking my call. You know, sure. I'm reminded in this discussion how quickly uh, the drive-by news media arrived at the term insurrection on January 6th and how it permeated all the media. And this is why. That, that's why it was falsely labeled, so they can play this game. And you also pair this with all the inconsistencies with the videos, and the whole thing just stinks. It mm-hmm. is really, really fishy. Yeah. Well, and look, and I've said this from the beginning. Donald Trump did not help himself uh, by leaving Agreed. his language open to be interpreted in the way that is most uh, negative against him by his opponents. Right? That, and that's, that's and always been... not just on that day. He does no. that all the time, and it right. drives me fatty. Right. And the, right. And he he shoots himself in the foot by being unclear on a lot of his language. And I know it doesn't matter to people who love him, but it, it makes it harder for people um, who are on the fence or people who may not love him, but might be interested to vote for him. It makes it harder to defend him a lot of times, just like with the good people on both sides comment. Right. Um, yep, when you actually. Exactly. Yeah. When you go back and read it and, and listen to it, it's very clear what he's what he means. And it's not the way the media framed it. Um, but, yeah, to your yep. point about labeling it an insurrection um that became the the immediate or that was the immediate uh use of the word and yeah it became it became the adopted narrative when what is like and i agree with jonathan turley on this it was a protest that devolved into a riot that's what it was uh people that were not there to overthrow the u.s government and they, they were there because they thought the u.s government was being overthrown which is like the opposite. Oh, we lost James. Okay, uh, that's the uh, the opposite of an insurrection. No. Also, there were people that were present on January sixth that uh, were not violent protesters. They were waved into the Capitol building by Capitol police. Also, uh, Trump did not uh, was not responsible for securing the location that was on Nancy Pelosi, and she refused to do it. So. All of this, like all of these pieces of information, you know, have to be provided in the context here. And um, but I understand it's a lot easier to just say insurrection and then you build an entire narrative off of that. And uh, now apparently that counts as a legal case to get somebody convicted without a trial. Like this is this is 
like tyrannical territory. For all the people that are so worried about Donald Trump being a tyrant, y'all certainly seem to be acting like tyrants. You seem to be okay with some of these tactics. Because I know, it's different when Democrats do it. I know. Um, there was a, a comment here from Noah Bookbinder, who, as I understand it, makes books. Or at least, he, well, he doesn't write them. He just he binds them, as I understand it. He is um, the head of the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Crew is this organization's name. It's a liberal organization. Uh, they file lots of lawsuits and stuff. Um, our Constitution clearly states that those who violate their oath by attacking our democracy are barred from serving in government. Actually, it doesn't say that, Noah. The, I, I read the, the clause. It doesn't say attacking our democracy. It doesn't say that. Like that word democracy, it, it does not... I'll double check here. Let's see here. Uh, we'll do a control F. Uh, democracy. Uh, type it in there and see what shows up. Does democracy show up in the... Oh, no, it doesn't. Nowhere in the 14th Amendment, Section 3, disqualification from holding office. It doesn't say that. Mm, interesting. Trump's attorneys also have urged the Colorado High Court to reverse the lower court ruling that Trump incited the January 6th attack. His lawyers argued that Trump was simply uh, exercising his free speech rights and he never called for violence. Trump attorney Scott Gessler also argued the attack was more of a riot than an insurrection. That met skepticism from some, uh, some of the uh, Democrat lawyers with the wardrobe change on the bench. Quote, why isn't it enough that a violent mob breached the Capitol when Congress was performing a core constitutional function? In some ways, that seems like a poster child for insurrection. In the, Well, the actions of some of the people that were behaving violently, that were rioting, their behavior is their behavior. And you've, been, and you've charged them. And by the way, you know how many of them have been charged with insurrection? None. Why? Don't you think that if you're going to bar people from holding office for insurrection, you would charge them with that crime? So to be very clear that they can never hold elected office once they serve their whatever 12 years in prison for, you know, taking a tour of the Capitol, right? Don't you think that? No, they're, they're, they get charged with obstructing a, a congressional proceeding. They're getting charged with trespassing, loitering or something, right? They're not... You're not, you're not even prosecuting him. Trump, you didn't even prosecute Trump. Jack Smith hasn't even prosecuted Trump for insurrection. All right, let's go over to Tony. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the program. Okay. Thank Hello. You. Tony. Hello. Hey, yes, what's sir. up? How's it going? How you doing? I'm good. What's up? I'm sorry. I was having uh, some trouble hearing you. Oh. Is it your phone? Are you okay, on speakerphone? You yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me now? I can. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Okay. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, I was um, wanting to find out um, pretty much, um, I guess, do you feel like um, everybody has to meet the standard of the law? Do I feel everyone has to meet the standard of the law? Are you asking me, like, do I believe in equality under the law? No one is above the law? No, is that no, 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 not equality. Just everybody has to meet the standard of, uh, if, if you break the law, then this law uh, has the right to act. Well, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but it just seems like you're continuously defending Donald Trump, and, 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 and you don't know the outcome of the lawsuits yet. So we do. So the lawsuit and the outcome comes... Uh, 
to the point of him being guilty, mm-hmm. are you going to still say that he has the right to run for president? You can run for president as a convicted felon. You can run for president in jail. We, we already had a candidate do that 100 years ago or so. Did that answer your question? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm in a bad area and kind of went out on me. I, uh, that, that, that's my fault. But but I, I listen to you show and find out what, what you think about that, if, if, if you could expound on it a little bit. Well, I, ju- well, I mean, I just said that you can, you can be convicted of crimes and then still run for offices. You can do that. Okay, you, 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 you can be, but, but, but uh, uh, so, so you think convicted felons uh, and uh, people who, who, who break the law or people that just run roughshod over the law mm-hmm. or the, or the uh, spirit of the law mm-hmm. uh, run roughshod over that, you think that those people qualify to, to run our nation? You think that, you think by, that, the, that, by the letter of the law or by my personal ethical standards? No, uh, I'm talking about the standard of the U.S. Oh, we lost him now. Oh, well. All right. Well, Tony, if you want, call back. We'll try to pick it up from there if you've uh, got a better cell connection and a better argument. But, um, (laughs) yeah, Uh, I don't know what the standards of the U.S. are. I I don't know what that term means as he uses it, the standards of the U.S. Because all I can do is cast my vote, right? That's my vote. So my personal ethical standard, or um, if there's a legal standard, right? Those are two different things. Now, if you're talking about at a societal level, are we cool with people who engage in bad behavior winning races? Um, yes. And as evidence, I would just point to, I don't know, like our entire U.S. history. I hope that clears it up and answers the question.